Today's episode is all about speaking on stage. Have you ever been on stage, Dan? Yes, I have. Well, for those of us that haven't, you're going to want to listen to this episode because our guest today is going to talk about the art of public speaking, and it's going to be amazing. So let's jump right in to episode one. You are listening to the Attention Seekers podcast. Each week, we're bringing you amazing ways to grow the visibility of your business, the tools to increase your reach, and some pretty amazing and inspiring guests. So put the world on notice. It's time to get noticed. Let's go. From the minds behind the Anderson brand, here are your hosts, Daniel and Nicole. So this week's guest is renowned ultimate performance coach, neuropsychologist, speaker, author, shoe lover, and professional ass shaker. He needs <laughs> he needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. And we're welcoming Joseph McClendon III. Thank you, Joseph, seriously, for taking the time to talk with us today. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> um, you just got back from one of your seminars, A Factor, after a super busy year of speaking engagements. So how do you physically and mentally prepare for being on stage in front of thousands of people? Well, that's that's a long answer, a simple (laughs) question, but long answer. And you're absolutely right. I counted them up. I did this year 23 uh, domestic events and seven uh, international events. Wow. So yeah, this was probably my fullest schedule in many, many years, probably, probably 10 years. And this is after, by the way, I swore last year that I was going to cut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that always happens that way, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I just love what I do. But the I'll give you the kind of the medium-sized answer to your question. Um, it's preparation is key. And my preparation for any event starts way before the event. Um, and in that, uh, there, there are certain events that I do the same event over and over again. However, even the, on those events, I still have to prepare sometimes weeks in advance to, to, uh, so, so that I show up. So from a physical standpoint, I just have a regime that I go through constantly to keep my energy up the way that I eat. I have, I have kind of the eight principles of, of uh, energy and health, and that is the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the thoughts we think, the moves we make, and the words that we speak. In each of those areas, I do something in that area every single day. Um, I have exercises that I do and rituals that I go through. So that's the maintenance part of it uh, from a physical side. From a physical side, with regard to uh, you know showing up on stage, I most places that I go to, I fly to. Uh, very, very few of them here are, are here in California, but as you and I were talking, we're going to change that. Um, but so I sleep on the airplane. I just I just have trained myself to go to sleep and chill right before the any event that I go to. So I'm always rested and awake when I uh, when I uh, I show up. And then lastly, there is a ritual called my incantation and my uh, the things that I say to myself and and the way I strut around backstage and <laughs> and relax. Uh, before, right before I go on stage. And then here's the real kicker that most people don't get 
It's what you do when you leave the stage that prepares you for the next time. So as soon as I leave the stage, I'll celebrate, I'll be grateful, I'll thank myself, and then I'll just relax. And so going on to the stage, I'm always looking forward to when it's all over. And that takes away my nervousness, takes away my uh, any anxiety, because stuff always goes wrong, always. You <laughs> yep. know, microphones drop out, monitors and things like that. And that's the, that's the medium-sized answer. <laughs> Do you, so you still deal with like a tiny bit of anxiety about being in front of people. Does that ever go away? Um, no, I, I don't. Um, oh, you don't? I, I okay. don't at all, no. As a matter of fact, because of all that I just told you, I have what's called a default. And the default is before I get to the stage, I'm literally yawning and going to sleep. I, I have the privilege <laughs> of working with a lot of other speakers. And sometimes I'll do events. Uh, we guys were just at one at, uh, you know, well, there'll be, you know, half a dozen speakers in the day. And the comments that, including one of them was Richard Branson, who asked me at one point, why are you so relaxed before you go on stage? And the reason is, is I train myself to do that. I, just like I said, I, I look forward to when it's all over and I just relax when I go on stage. I used to have anxiety before, but the only anxieties that I have now are, um, oh, this is going to sound terrible, <laughs> but are um, when I do events with other speakers, I'm a really, really on time guy. And, and if, I'm, if I'm given 45 minutes, I watch that clock and I'm off at 44 minutes and 50 seconds. And, um, and the reason being is because any, we always say in the business that every minute over costs five minutes on somebody else's time because it just it just works out that way so i'm very respectful so the only anxieties i would say that i have are if i'm following somebody and they run over that means i've got to tailor what i do down because i want to be respectful to the next person that's coming up oh my god that sounds so much like me <laughs> i have so many time anxieties not dan not dan though <laughs> i would be the guy running over and making you anxious <laughs> I that <laughs> well, I don't have any animosity towards anybody, and I know how it is. People get drunk with power up on stage, <laughs> I say. Exactly. and it's hard. And, and a lot of people don't know how to shut up. A lot of people don't know how to stop uh, talking, and it's a skill. It really is. And so I feel for them. Uh, however, uh, to answer your question, my anxiety would come if I say there's any anxiety comes from knowing what I have to get done. Um, and, and if, if my time gets cut down by five, 10, and sometimes 15 minutes, I've got to cram what was going to be an hour or maybe two hours into much less time and still get it done. I, I find it funny that you say that you like, right before you go on stage, you're super relaxed and almost falling asleep because if anybody has seen you on stage, <laughs> that's like complete opposite. Um, we we enjoyed seeing in July in Chicago so so much. It was it was hilarious. We we didn't know what to expect actually because we honestly until we signed up for the event, we didn't really know who you were, which bugs me because I feel like everybody should know who you are. <laughs> um 
And when we looked you up, we were like, oh, he sounds he seems fun. And we just didn't realize how fun you actually really were. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just it, it's crazy to me that it you go from that just really calm and then you're just off the wall. And you're I mean, you just turned 65 and you are have more energy than I do. And I'm half your age. And it's just <laughs> it's sad for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that made you feel sad, but. It, it, that's what we teach. And it, and it is all a system. Um, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I do make it look easy. Mm -hmm. um, but every, and I say it from the stage, you heard me say it. Everything that I do, everywhere that I stand, everything that I say, every move that I make is on purpose and has a meaning and a purpose. And so, and that's why I was saying earlier with regard to having to get something done, especially, you know, if I'm doing an event that let's just say there is a sales break uh, in between there and I've got to get all the material in and or I've got to get something across so that the next person that comes up or the next thing that they do, if they don't understand and get it in their in their heart and in their physiology, they're going to miss out. Um, it's it's all it's I don't want to make it sound like it's all calculated, but it is all step by step. So if there's someone that's looking to get into the realm of public speaking, what would you suggest would be the first steps they should take to set themselves up for success? Uh, first, I would say develop a series of conversations, um, not speeches, but conversations to begin with. And then, because again, as I said at the beginning of this, it's all about preparation. And before I, uh, you know, before anybody goes out and starts to get on stage and start talking, which is the mistake I made, by the way, in the very beginning, I booked a seminar with a friend and thought I knew what I was doing. And I, and I thought, because I was a musician for a long time, you guys know that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'll just get up on stage and didn't do what I saw other people <laughs> do, do. And I was horrible. <laughs> I was just horrible because it's a, it's, it's a skill. And so nowadays, what I encourage people to do is to get, get a series of conversations. And then it's so much easier now because get on your cell phone, set up a tripod, and you, you rehearse and prepare giving that conversation and make a few videos, maybe put them on YouTube, that kind of thing, and get really, really comfortable with having, and, and, and I really mean this, a conversation, not a speech. Because, as you know, I, I teach a, a, a presentation workshop and, uh, you know, how to master that skill of presenting. And presenting is different than giving a speech or a, uh, or a lecture, because uh, that, that's what makes the difference in people's lives. And so that comes from, if you can have a conversation with that camera, just like you'd have a conversation, like we're having a conversation now. You know, you have some questions that you're asking, and I'm just, I'm, I'm answering those questions off the cuff. And so if you can have that conversation, and then here's the hard part, watch that video and feel good about it. Because that's the hardest thing for people to do is to, is to first off, do it, and then watch it without cringing. Yeah. Because we're <laughs> our worst enemies. We you know, I mean, we're our, 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 we, we beat ourselves up and we go, I could have done this, I should have done that. But if you can do it over and over to the point that you can, you can have a conversation, and then watch that video. Then it's time to get out and do step number two, which is just get out there and run your mouth in any oppor opportunity you can. 
in my very beginning, I would go to affinity groups and, and retirement homes and high schools and, and you name it, anywhere that I could that would, that would, you know, I'd call the Chamber of Commerce and I'd go, you know, who do you got? <laughs> you know, and I would go just, I'd choose a topic, you know, about health or about, you know, whatever. And, um, and I cut my teeth there. And then, and, and by the way, that was after I made the mistake of getting up on stage and trying it on my own without any preparation. Mm -hmm. And that was, was uh, preparation. Third thing I would say is uh, get some training. Get some training because there's lots of uh, people out there that can uh, give you some, some tips, some, some uh, 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 different techniques, if you will. I, I teach what we call influence models because what my, my true belief is, guys, is, is that I'm not up there to uh, um, convince you of anything. I'm not up there to entertain you. All those things are going to come into play. What I'm up there to do is to influence you and impact your life, to have you make a decision that and, and do something that is going to be in your best interest, not mine, yours. And when you come from that place, then more people are like you just said, you know, you, you had a good time. And, and my particular style is I'm jovial and I'm fun and I'm humorous and all those things. Uh, but you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I'm able to do what I do and, and be as effective as I am at the risk of sounding arrogant is because of uh, uh, my beliefs about influencing people and impacting people in their heart. Yeah, because you also have to keep people awake. I feel like if you're watching a bunch of people just speak, they're, you know, it's it gets kind of tiring after a while, but the, okay. the energy and all of that stuff just... It, it's a performance. It's totally an art, I feel like. And, you know, as a photographer, I, I know what art is when I see it. And that's, sure. you know, um, a lot of people go into it thinking, yeah, it's just a speech, you know. And like you said, it's not a speech. You're having a conversation and you're not, you know, trying to convince people. You're trying to encourage them, really. And you want to take them on a journey. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And you know, when you, I mean, you were at the, the event in Chicago. I got on stage at 8.30 in the morning. I got off the off stage at 10.30 at night. <laughs> and so that's, um, and I think I maybe let you guys go one time during the day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. One toilet break. <laughs> yeah. The reason um, that we're able to uh, hold an audience and keep people in their room and keep them uh, uh, awake and alive and attentive is, you know, I keep saying this, it's a system. It's a process. It's not, um, uh, you know, just off the cuff. You know, every story, every, every, from the very beginning, from the time that I walk on stage, there's a, a set of, of steps that I'm going through to impact people and inspire people and, uh, and influence people to not just stay in their seats, but to, as you, you know, as you saw, to do things and, and to get results. Yeah, everybody wants to hear a recording of you saying, uh, put your books down and stand up. We get that <laughs> we, all the there's time. There's something funny. Um, and by the even that, I'll get that's a perfect example. Thank you for bringing that up. That is by design to you know, as you mentioned in the very beginning, my profession, I'm a neuropsychologist. And so what I've done is I've taken the, the, the 
the, the specifics of uh, and the techniques of neuropsychology, the same things that can help me take get somebody to quickly get over a fear of heights or fear of dogs or fear of whatever, you know, and to change their life in that way, I apply them to the stage. And one of them is something called the anchoring process, which is a way of triggering people to respond a certain way. And so that whole thing, literally those words that I use and the way that I set that up is all I have to do is say, put your books down and people, you you know, something happens inside. It's Pavlov's dog. Mm -hmm. Something happens inside of them. They're jumping, they're yelling, they're ready to go. But that didn't just happen. It happened through a process that I set up and I built them to a stage. I built them to a stage, built them to a stage and then applied that, those words and then did it at a, at a point to now all I have to do. And now, literally, I see people on the streets now. This amazes <laughs> me. Now I, I have you know, a line of t-shirts that say shake that ass and things <laughs> like that. But I see people with, you know, literally on the street now with shirts that they've gone out and said, put your books down. <laughs> you know? And some guy, and I don't know what to feel good about this or bad. And you, I think you saw it. I, I put it on Facebook. A guy tattooed on oh, his yeah. ass. You <laughs> yes. saw that, yes? Yep. <laughs> and that's, it's real. I, te I, I text him back and he sent me a video of him rubbing it. And it was a, it was a real oh, tattoo. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Where, I don't know whether to feel good or bad about that. <laughs> I think you should feel somewhere in the middle about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, you're on the map now. I think that's what it is. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as your legacy is on a random stranger's left ass cheek. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what compels. We have tattoos, but I don't know what compels people to uh, tattoo some. It, it's motivating. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of shake that ass, we we have to know where shake that ass came from because it's like all over the place. You you always, I mean, you did it on the doctor's show, and everybody just loved it. So we have to know where that came from. Well, it came from, uh, and I, I'm saying this in all seriousness, it's actual science, <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, arguably our the quality of our lives is the quality of our consistent attitudes. If you get a pessimistic attitude, and when I say consistent, it's that underlying operating system that we all run on. If you're, if you get a pessimistic attitude most of the time, then your, your life is not gonna go as well as somebody that's optimistic. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you, if you're you know, doubtful and all those things. So whatever attitude that you consistently have, which most people call it, you know, that's just who I am and how I am. Whatever attitude you have is how your life is gonna go. Period. And so if we change and, and through process, I keep bringing this up through process, you can not only change something in a moment, but you can change it so that it's long term and so that it becomes your default. So if I can get somebody to change their attitude in the moment, that's one thing. But if I can help them condition themselves so that they have a, a new operating attitude, then their life is going to change. And that's what people show up for. So what I discovered in, in what I do is that, first off, movement changes your attitude. You cannot, and specific movement changes your attitude from a, from a, from a physical and a biochemical uh, standpoint. When you smile, for example, it literally causes, it squeezes your brain 
a certain way that makes your brain and your body release endorphins, dopamines, adrenaline, oxytocin, and testosterone that make you feel good. So you can't smile and not have that biochemistry running through your blood. So uh, movements of our bodies, certain movements produce more of what, and by the way, those chemicals are what I call awesome sauce. <laughs> and so certain movements produce certain and, and more amounts of awesome sauce. And it just so happens that when one moves their pelvic region, shakes that ass, for example, it, it produces the most oxytocin. And it's not just shaking it, you know, it's a smile on your face and all those things. And so my whole point is, as I said at the beginning of this, it's not just doing it in the moment, because I can help you change in the moment, but doing it in a way that it starts to become your default and you become happier and healthier and all the things that you desire to do. So it came, it was born out of a necessity to help people change their attitude and to condition it so that it would be more uh, a default and so that they don't have to, they don't have to remember to take themselves out. It just happens automatically. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Changing gears a little bit here. Obviously, Instagram and uh, social media is, is a big part of uh, getting attention and getting exposure these days. And um, anyone that's been on your Instagram will know that you kind of live live your brand. You, you've you got the clothes, the shoes, everything that goes with the it. The shoes, lots of shoes. <laughs> uh, I feel that a lot of uh, influencers and, um, and people that speak in the public domain have a hard time translating their message from the stage to the to the online world whether it's they just they don't come across as sincere or or saint doesn't click so what would be your advice to someone in those industries that's that, that's looking to get a bit more attention on social media oh you're going to love this answer <laughs> hire you <laughs> yes yeah hire your company you know uh, and I got to be honest with you, 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 you left a post a couple of days ago uh, that said, uh, maybe it was yesterday, I, I saw it, and um, it said, um, either you, these are, my, I'm paraphrasing, either you adapt or you perish. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. And, and that's so true. So because uh, social networking and, and Instagram and Facebook and things like that, are things that I dabble in. You know, I, I know my strengths and those aren't my strengths. And so um, I'm adapting by learning from you. Your, your, your company, you, you guys, you two are, are instrumental in helping me craft. You, uh, you know, I, I bring my content to, uh, to the table, but um, working with you has helped me, uh, uh, helped me bring it out and, and put it out in, in the way that other people are digesting it and consuming it in a much deeper and a better way. I feel famous now. You watched my video. I feel famous. Um, no, it, it's funny because I think the whole, the whole, or the best part of that is that you're authentic. Like you don't change who you are. My mom actually asked one time, you posted a video um, when you were, I think it was from New Jersey and you had this giant smile on your face on stage with like everybody behind you. And she's like, is he like that in real life? And I'm like, yeah, he is. He doesn't like he doesn't change himself just because he's not in front of a camera or he's not, you know, not in front of thousands of people. And I think that's really important um, 
in the way that you've built your brand and the way that we're developing it now is that you don't you don't change who you are. Well, the word thank you, and, and the word that you used is authentic, and I think that that is the difference between a speaker and a presenter. Mm -hmm. A presenter is authentic, and it's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say to people, if if I meet you on the street and I ask you, you know, tell me about, about yourself and tell me what's going on. You don't have to go to your notes and you didn't have to prepare for that. You just, it just flows through you. Yeah. And, but there are things that you know. So the preparation is not always in the moment. Um, it is, is, you know, you're, you're like, like, for example, I have a million stories and they're all from my life's experiences. And so when, a, when somebody's like one of the things I love to do, and um, as I'm, you know, developing podcasts and things like that, one of the things I absolutely love to do is off the cuff, people ask me questions about anything about life, you know, and because of the nature of what I do, their, their personal development questions and, and psychology questions and challenges and things like that. And so I, what I found myself is that Mo and, and it's part of present presenting as well. People communicate and connect through stories. Um, is that I have a, and we all do, we have a lifetime worth of stories and examples. And so when somebody asks me a question, I don't have to, to you know, stop and, and, and prepare myself. It just comes out as, as a conversation. And, and, and that comes from obviously time in the saddle and, and all the things I said before, the, the work that I've done in front of the camera and on my own. So it just flows through. And that's what makes it authentic. I hate when people are like, that's my thing is I, I hate when I see somebody speak and then I meet them in person and they're like, you know, not, not anywhere near how they were when I was watching them like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, you just reminded me of something though. Um, that I, and you know, I, I'm always, I always try to be straight up honest about it. If I do have any anxiety about speaking, it is when I'm off stage in that same crowd that I just spoke to for this reason, mm -hmm. I love people and, and I, I want to sign autographs and I want to do selfies and I want to do all those things. And I want to hug those people because, because quite honestly, uh, like, for example, I think in Chicago, there were. You, you probably know more than I do. There are at least 8,000, 10,000 people, something like that. I, yeah. You know, and, and believe it or not, it's when I leave the stage, it's just me. I, I do have a crew of people in the, in the back that help me out. But if I go in that green room, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. And so to walk away from 10,000 people that, you know, I'm pouring my guts and my soul into and them giving it back to me and then to walk away and there's nobody, it's an adjustment. And I want to go out there, but here's the anxiety, is that I want to hug and, and take pictures with everybody, but I can't because there's too many people. And the ones that I have to walk away from, at some point I have to go, I've got to go. The mm -hmm. disappointment on the faces of the ones that were the person that was right there <laughs> and it was their opportunity to say hello or something like that. And I can't do it. That's my anxiety. Oh, that's the part totally. that I dislike the most. Because I want to, I want to, you know, talk to everybody. Yep. And I've heard that from interviews with a lot of musicians too. They get that yeah. kind of one-on-one, -on -one, um, kind of wind-down anxiety when they've got to go out front and and stand by the merch stand, you know, or, or wherever. And and it's a different experience even there, going from 
a huge audience to now you're you're in a face-to-face situation you yeah. have to adjust yeah. your behaviors and 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 your approach even even there so that's i mean that's good advice well that's why when it's over i leave the stage and i go through my my wind down ritual as well <laughs> and then here's something you haven't experienced this i keep this to myself and i'll share with everybody <laughs> if you see me if you see me a half hour after i leave the stage don't expect anything intelligent to come out of my mouth <laughs> I hit the wall. I don't care if I just do a keynote speech for 45 minutes or if I'm on stage for, for you know, 15 hours. One half hour to 40 minutes after I leave the stage, for about 30 minutes, I'm as dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> just for some reason, it just, you know, that is the the consequence of, of uh, the, the way I prepare myself and I do what I do. It's just like I just drop into a place of just bliss and you know that's that's awesome do you just like i feel like that's i don't know you you prepare yourself so well like is it would you say it's like an energy drain for like a a a little bit i think i I, yeah I, i would say that and i would also say that it's kind of a uh uh a release kind of like kind of like I just let it all go and I just relax you know it's over and I cross the finish line and I'm that's my celebration and then you roll around in a pile of your shoes yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I thought that's what you were gonna say honestly <laughs> everybody loves your shoe posts the shoe fetish thing is is actually fairly new I've always <laughs> liked you know I like nice clothes and nice shoes and everything but here's what happened and this has turned into something that is fun online as well is, and I told this to my, my business partner, Tony, a couple, it's been several months ago now. Um, you know, at that particular event, the UPW, I have gone from doing one day, which was the, the health day, to then doing two days of the four-day event. And now I do two and a half days of the four-day event. And uh, Tony asked me, he goes, you know, when he asked me to do uh, more of that, uh, actually three quarters of the third day, uh, he asked me to do it. He goes, listen, you know, tell me if this is too much, you know, I understand it's too much. And I go, dude, this is actually good for me. And he goes, why? And I go, because it saves me money and it saves me from my addiction. (laughs) Less time to shop. (laughs) I don't drink. And I, you know, so, and once I'm in my room, you know, in my hotel room, I I can't leave because I'm a bit of a, of a distraction, you know, to the participants. And so I go to my room and (laughs) I do the equivalent to drunk texting, you know, is I get on Amazon and I buy shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Amazon should have a timer. I buy stuff that I, you know, I buy stuff that I don't even remember I bought. So when I show up, my my front porch is full of boxes. That's a surprise. <laughs> and here's what happens with the shoes, though, is that s- somehow when I buy something on Amazon, they send me more advertisements on Facebook. <laughs> hey, Joseph, you bought these shoes. <laughs> what about these beauties? That is hilarious. The neuropsychologist getting... Yeah. Getting yeah. punked by the, the Facebook <laughs> algorithm. I, I need help. I, you know, I got it. I got it. It's physician heal thyself. I, I'm going to go get some professional help. Everybody loves those posts about your shoes. Everyone, they're like, "Yes, more shoe posts." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, okay, that's what you're excited about. Cool. 
uh, it's funny. I think you are the one that said that a lot of most people's or one of the top New Year's resolutions is to write a book. Yes. And um, I think another one, I, I hear a lot of people saying lately that they want to do more speaking engagements or, you know, speaking at little events, um, which I find funny because most of us have well, probably all of us have some element of a stage fright, you know. So how how would you suggest, besides practicing, for people that want to start speaking or do more speaking in, in 2019, what do you think, like, how, how should they approach it? Where do they find people? Oh, you, uh, you mean in terms of getting gigs? Yeah. What my expertise is, is assisting people in creating opportunities. And what I mean by that, and that's what the whole A factor is about. I call it, uh, I'll start here. I have something that, that I live by called the 60-20-20 rule. In whatever you want to achieve, in whatever you want to get, whether it is something physical, something emotional, a situation, a circumstance, or whatever it is, there's three major factors. And I've practiced this my whole life. I've taught it to, you know, a zillion people. I've, I've uh, you know, and you know, you know, some of my, my high-end clients and movie stars and Academy Award winners and, and Grammy winners and things like that. It's, this is what I teach and this is the fundamental. And if, if, if you get this, everything falls in place underneath this. And that is that it's 60% psychology, meaning what you think and how you think that will determine what you'll get. You know, what you'll do and the results that you'll get. If, you know, quite simply, if you think you can, then you can. If you think you can't, then you can't. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's the broad strokes and oversimplification, but anxieties and frustrations and doubts and inhibitions and low self-esteem, that's all psychology. So that is, that is one section that where the most work needs to be done. I'm, I'm going to get to your answer I, I'm going to get to your answer by going here first. Okay. So psychology is first. 20% is what I call energy. The energy to be able to do what you do. And that involves your health. That involves your, you, you know, your reasons why all those things that produce energy. And in the third thing, which is the answer to the, the uh, question with regard to creating more gigs is attraction. So the first is 60% is 60% psychology, 20% energy, and 20% attraction. And I'm not just talking about the laws of attraction. That's part of it. Yes, that's a very real thing. And you know, we can attract what we want. But what it comes down to is this is us being attracted to what we want as well. And what that means is this. Obviously, everybody knows you can do certain everybody, you know, it's not a rocket science that you can just go join a speaker's bureau. You can go out and you can, uh, you know, you can take lots of courses on how to get gigs. And it's not that people don't know how to do that. It's just that they are afraid to go and do it. You know, there, you know, I, I say to people, look, if you're looking for gigs, first off, want it. And yeah. that's part of you being attracted to what you want. Because underneath, and this plays into the stage fright and the um, uh, performance anxieties and things like that, that's part of you saying, I don't really want this. I don't know if I want this. 
And so you got to heal that. And how you heal that, again, that's what our whole A factor is about, is helping you, helping you attract into your life the situations, circumstances, even the material things that you want. And they come out of the woodwork. Look, I don't market. I don't advertise my services at all yet. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, Goals. But I literally, like I said, 20, uh, 24, no, 23 domestic events. That's two a month. That's insane. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't market them. And so people don't, when, when I say things like I'm saying right now, it's, it's almost like, you know, I'm talking like unicorns and, and, and crystals <laughs> and, and things like that. But this is, it's the most important thing that I can teach you. It's the most important thing I can teach people is that aspect of it. The psychology, the energy and the attraction side of it. When you get that, that's my magic bullet. People ask me all the time, well, you know, why are you so successful? Why are you, why do you have this? And what do you do here? And that's it. And so I can't, you know, other than say, go to speakers bureaus or go to colleges or go, you know, take a course on something like that. You can do that. But if somewhere inside you're not attracting it, then what you're doing is you're, you're moving it away. So true. And I've got so many people that I've taught this to and they, and you know, they wind up. And again, along with what I said, you've got, and part of the process is you've got to practice it at home. You've got to, you know, do that thing in front of the camera, do that and, you know, and get out there and start yakking. Right off the bat, you gotta, you gotta want it hundred percent. You got to want it exactly 100% to your core. Yep. And I think uh, from Chicago, my biggest takeaway personally was, was just getting into that mindset of, yeah, this is, this is what I want. And, uh, you know, screw it. If I fail, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to go for it. And, and that's been my big psychological change this year, at least. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You mean this stuff works? Oh, absolutely. It works. <laughs> absolutely. It, it was funny. Cause, uh, he he leaned over to me in the middle of the thing <laughs> like right off i think you, you we went on the break i think it was like a first break on your day and he leans over because we didn't sit next to each other everybody told us not to sit next to each other um to get more out of the event he leans over the person he goes you finally got me to therapy <laughs> and i was like yep <laughs> uh, it was yeah it was good we had i mean it, this stuff works and like you teach you have to just you have to implement it you can't just learn it you can't just read it you have to actually make it happen and yeah. a lot of people don't realize that so what is uh 2019 gonna look like for you joseph what you got planned um in terms of well, I, I have five areas of life, so that's a big question. But in terms of events, um, I, I, you know, I'll say this, and I, I said this to you before, and that is I, I will not teach theory, meaning I'm not going to teach somebody or tell somebody to do something that I don't do myself or haven't done myself. I, I think that's hypocrisy at its, at its uh, worst. Um, and so... I have something that, as you guys know, called the New Year's Evolution that I've already done. And way before New Year's, I set up my, my year to come. And I have, uh, in terms of uh, that part, which is, you know, I guess that's the topic of this conversation, uh, in terms of events, um, more events here in the U.S. that are of my own. Because the majority of the events that I do, as per what I just talked about, are are other promoters that uh, promote, and I, I have the luxury of showing up and just running my mouth, and I go <laughs> away. And 
you know, there's a there's an awesome side of that because uh, you know I I enjoy that, um, but I also enjoy doing my own events and putting my own events on. So uh, the outcome is to step up more of that. Second outcome is, which is already already happening, is to do more television, much more television, and more uh, uh, because my goals are. Um, you know, in the beginning of my career was working one-on-one. I had a practice that I helped people get over fears and phobias and emotional challenges. Secondly, I wanted to work larger groups and then larger groups and larger groups. And now my next step is, um, I want to take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Pinky in the brain. (laughs) Uh, uh, I I love that. That is one of my favorite. (laughs) Started on that. Yes. Uh, But, uh, and I know that impact is going to come from uh, television, and I have, uh, uh, you know, I'm, as you know, I do a monthly piece on uh, on Channel Five in San Diego. But I want to do more uh, international television, and I have within me a very specific television show that I want to do, as well as uh, a movie that I want to produce. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not all in this year. That's over the next three. <laughs> yeah. years. I was gonna say, like, I mean. Do you have more hours in the day than we have? No. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Yes, I do. I do. I have, and this is silly, but it's the truth because I get asked that question all the time. How do you get so much stuff done? And the reason being is I have, wait for this, on average, three months more time a year than the average person. Three months. And here's what that here's what I mean because and and anybody listening to this pay close attention because this is the truth and this is how I've lived for a little over thirty years now and you know it's what I teach and it's what I help people do and that is this the average person sleeps eight hours a night or more on average and as a matter of fact we're even taught that we need to get a full eight hours a night. And I sleep on average four and a half to five hours a night, which means I have three extra hours a night, (laughs) a day. Now, if you do the math, I'll I'll break it down like this. If you do the math, if you sleep one hour a night less, one hour times 365 days, that's 365 hours, and you divide that by 12, 12 you know, because we're let's say it's a 12-hour day. You divide that by 12, it's 30 days. Dang, you don't think about 30 it that days. Way. 30, <laughs> 30, 30, 12-hour days. And I sleep three hours less than the average person. So I have 90 days more time in a year than most people do. And it's amazing what you can get done. Amazing. You have 90 days more time than everyone and like 90 times more energy than everyone as well. Right. I wake up energized and, and, and it's all down to those things we said at the top of the thing. Air we breathe, water we drink, food we eat, thoughts we think, moves we make, and the, and the words we speak. It's science. <laughs> it is science. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. We, we seriously appreciate you hanging out with us today. We know how busy you are and it's the holiday season and all of that. And um, just let everybody know how they can follow you, check out what you're doing, see what shoes you buy off Amazon. <laughs> there's there's two different ways and first off thank you and i i I, you know i i appreciate what you're doing with me and i love working with you and and you your company and what you guys do is so awesome so thank you 
Thank and, you. Um, you know, people can find me on Instagram at I am Joseph McClendon um, and or uh, Facebook at just my name, Joseph McClendon, or you can visit my website, my name, josephmcclendon.com, or they take you to the same place, makeyourfate.com. Thank you so much, Joseph. And uh, we really look forward to seeing what you have in 2019. We're excited to go to A-Factor. It better be in California because we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be. Yes. Awesome. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. And in closing, I always like to say to people, life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune favors the bold. Bam. So the truth is, is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. Love it. Love we it. need that on a shirt too. We need to buy all of your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you can get that. You can get that shirt. <laughs> you can, you know, on my website. Awesome. Thank you very much, Joseph. We appreciate it. You're welcome. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Attention Seekers podcast. Hit that subscribe button to get new content each week. And if you want even more attention, follow us on Instagram at Attention Seekers Podcast. See you there.